When image becomes a facade, la sototam. So we all have images that are a little bit better, or sometimes more than a little bit better, than our true identities. When we're around people who have expectations of us, when we're in public, uh, we tend to behave a little bit better than we might behave when there's nobody around us. So it's understandable that there's a gap between the way we project ourselves to the public and the way people and the way we really are inside. And that's okay. That's, that's human nature. The problem is when our image becomes a facade, when, we, when we're using an image, and this can be in, in Yiddishkeit as well, where, we're, where our practice of Torah is, uh, or aspects of our practice of Torah is more image than identity. Uh, and more of it is about how we appear than how we really are. Uh, and when that image becomes a facade and hides who we really are, that's when it becomes difficult. And that's the topic of the Gemara that we're going to be learning today. And it's, just, it's interesting, again, this is just an, another example. If you have already learned the, the Daf, Daf Lamed Zion, it's unlikely that you will have noticed. If I were to say to you, what is, the, what is Daf Lamed Zion about? Or if I were to say to you, uh, did you see where the Gemara and Davlam Zayim talks about when image becomes a facade? You, you, you will probably say, no, that's why it's called a matmonim. That's why we look for the hidden treasures, that which isn't obvious on the surface as you go a little bit more deeply into it. And what we're dealing with is, um, is the Mishnah back on Davlam Gimel. Uh, and, and we're talking about that moment when Bnei Israel crossed the River Jordan. We've been on that for a little while and came into Eretz Israel. Various things happened at that time. We've talked about the miracle of crossing the, the, the River Jordan and so on. Uh, and then when they crossed, they came to Har Grizim and Har Eval. Um, and uh, how many of you have been to Har Grizim and Har Eval in the Shomron? Has anybody? You've, you've been to it. You, we haven't been yet. Um, and, and, and there they, Bnei Israel stood, divided into two groups, the Levim in the middle, and they gave the, the curses and the blessings. So we'll understand a little bit about what those curses are. Curse is, is a negative force that attaches to a person. And a, and a bracha is a positive force that attaches to a person. What is it that caused people to, to have these curses attached to them or these brachot attach, attached to them? And to understand the piece, firstly, I want to reference the, the tefillah that we say every morning before Kriyashma. And, and it's such an interesting tefillah, and difficult to understand in a way, and beautiful, where we say, Avinu Malkeinu, Hashem, our Father, our King, we ask of you for this to do in the, for the sake of our fathers, for Avram, Yitzchok, Yaakov, all our, our backgrounds we, we, we discussed yesterday, how it's important to perceive your identity, who you are, not only in terms of who you are at this moment, but that you're a link in a chain of history. Avotene, we have forefathers who, who, uh, who trusted in you completely. And you taught them the principles of life. And how did you teach them? We're talking about before Sinai. We're talking Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. You, you gave them intuitive knowledge of chukei chayim. Please, Hashem, give us that intuitive knowledge as well. Yes, we'll study the Torah. Yes, we've got access to the Torah. But we also want that intuitive knowledge that they had. Avinu And again, we appeal to Hashem, our Father, our merciful Father. So you would think, what are we going to ask for? My merciful Father, help me, give me. Hamarachim, you who are merciful, rachim aleinu, have mercy on us. You would think the next thing would be and, and heal our illnesses and protect us from, from, from poverty and from, from tzarot. No. 
put into our hearts the ability to understand and, and think innovatively. Lishmoa, to listen and hear. Lilmoa, to teach, to learn, and to teach. To observe and to keep and to give life to all the words of Talmud Torah Techa. It doesn't say Torah Techa. It says Talmud Torah, the learning of your Torah. This is a brocha asking Hashem to give us what we need in order to learn Torah with, with heart and with intuition and with understanding. So what is this? In our Gemara, we'll have a much deeper understanding of the words of this brocha that we say so glibly every morning and don't realize the power of what it is that we're saying. The Klalot are in Parshat Kitavo, and there are 12 of them. Uh, and, the, and the terrorists them, At the very end, the 12th one is is one who doesn't give life to, to, to establish the words of this Torah, to do them. And, and of course, one of the obvious questions is, with that general category, why do you need the specifics? If you're making a general arur of anybody who doesn't keep the Torah, why these other 11 specifics? And, and if it applies to the whole Torah, what's unique about these 11 specifics? Why are these the ones that are, are singled out? Says the Mishnah on Daf, back on Daf Beis, They faced Har Grizim, that's the, the green mountain, the mountain with pasture on it, and they say the brachas. Although in the Torah, we don't have the brachas. Says the Mishnah, there's an implication. They started with the brachas, they didn't just do the curses. And everybody says Amen. So they turned them around. We've got them in the curse form, and the Levim turned it around and gave it in the positive form first. Then they looked at the barren mountain at And They went through the same 12 curses, but here they did them in the negative form, in the curse form, not in the positive. Says our Gemara on Daflamet Zayin, Tanu Rabbonin, we learned in a Braise, Boruch Bichlal, Boruch Bifrat. There is a Boruch for the general principle, Kola Torazot, and there's a Boruch for each individual. Arur Bichlal, Arur Bifrat. There's an Arur for the general, and there's an Arur for the, for the individual. And then there's Lil Moedu Lalameid, Lishmoe Velasot. When we talk about a mitzvah, the mitzvah has four facets. There's the, the, the learning of the mitzvah, the teaching of the mitzvah, and then the doing of the mitzvah, the lishmor, which usually means being careful not to be over the lotah says, not to transgress the negative mitzvahs. And lasot usually means be active in, actively involved in observing the positive mitzvah. Mitzvot. And then the Gemara goes into this fascinating, the Brisa, Hare Arba, 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 Hare Shmone, 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 Hare Shesh. So the, the, the Brisa then goes into this fascinating calculation that in every mitzvah there's there are 16 different facets. We, just, we think of a mitzvah as a mitzvah. There's the arul side and there's the baruch side. And on each side there are, there's the lishmola, so the kayem. And so it goes through and calculates that there are 16 facets to every mitzvah, built on the positive and the negative, and built on the lishmola, those four facets of it. And let's have a look at, at the Masha. Says, says the Masha, when the, the Torah, when, when the Gemara is saying, the Brisa here says, Lishmor, 
The lishmor here doesn't mean what it means in so many other places. Ein lefaresh milashon lav. It's not talking about the negative mitzvot. Because the the brighter, this this brighter we're learning about applies all four facets. Applies them to all the mitzvot, not just to the positive or the negative mitzvot, but to all of them. So lishmor can't be only the negative mitzvot. And therefore, Lishmor, Hainu Kidamrim, Beferikamati Kidushin, Asher Tishmun, Zum Mishnah, Lasot, Zumase. Lishmor means studying. That's interesting that we use the word observance, to observe the mitzvahs, to protect the mitzvahs. That means learning them. That's what Lishmor means. Because learning brings one to, to a qualitative action when you understand something, when you've studied something. It brings you into a qualitative action. So this is not just thinking of the Torah as a list of do's and don'ts, as thinking of halakha as a list of do's and don'ts. It's a, halakha is something to be studied, something to be learned. And the doing and don'ting comes from, from the learning, not just from the external imposition of a set of rules and principles. That secular laws are like that. The, the, the law, there's a law, you've got to do this, you may not do that, so you, you observe the laws, otherwise you get into trouble. So it's an externally imposed system that we adopt. The Torah is not that. The Torah is apply your mind and your heart, as we say in the tefillah. Get deep into the philosophy of the mitzvah, the learning of the mitzvah, the meaning of the mitzvah, the origin of the mitzvah and the psukim. Get into what Hashem's intention is. And then you'll automatically do it, but the doing will come from an inner place. The doing won't come from an outer place. So Lishmor, Torah observance doesn't mean observance. Torah observance means learning Torah and observing it from that place of learning, not just observing it because, it's, because you've been given the things to do and don't. Um, and, and, and it's interesting. This is something that we, that, that, that we struggle with Many years ago, I did a survey in the United States among high school kids, yeshiva, yeshiva high school children in 11th and 12th grade. It was boys primary. We were looking at what they saw as some of the, the problems facing the Jewish people in the future. Uh, and one of the things they said is we're not being taught values. Our non-Jewish friends are being taught values. We're not being taught values. And I'm saying you're in yeshiva high school. What do you mean you're not being taught values? All the Torah you're learning, is that not values? They said, no, those are do's and don'ts. When our non-Jewish friends sit down at the dinner table with their parents, their parents explain to them why we do certain things, why we don't do other things. That's a value. But just to be given a list, this you do, this you don't, that's the halacha, that's what you do, that's what you don't do. That's not values, that's not internalized. Mishnah means, lishmor means, keep it in your family, keep it in your children, keep it in the Jewish people. And the way you do that is by learning, by learning the Mishnah by understanding the origin of each halacha and its positioning in the Torah and how it links to everything else. And that's not what learning means. You might say, but here it says, you learn, so how can this more be to learn? When we talk about Lishmor, it's a different type of learning. These are two dimensions of learning. Lilmoid is you go to a shir, and it's an interesting shir, and then you go to your daven, and then you have breakfast, and then you go to work. And if I were to say to you tonight, what did you learn in the shir this morning? You might have difficulty recalling. That's Lilmoid. You learned. Lishmor is you go over it in your mind the whole day. You're going over it and over it and over it, applying it to your heart so that you don't lose it. 
Lishmor means you protect it, you keep it. It's precious. And we, we very often learn, we want to learn something new, we want to read something new, we want to turn another daf of the Gemara. That's Lilmod. But Lishmor, go over it in your mind, over and over. That's Mishnah, Lishanot, to repeat it. Over and over so that it stays with you. And that what's, that's what brings you to action. What brings you to action is not just learning a new Chiddush. What brings you to action is integrating and internalizing what you've learned in a way that you don't forget it. That's Lishmor. And now you understand the bracha. Put it in our hearts to keep what we've learned to review what we've learned, to internalize what we learned. And la'asot here doesn't just mean doing the mitzvot. It, it doesn't mean just translating it into action. It means mitzvot, giving, giving life to the mitzvot. And then the mashol goes on to say, Why does, do the klalot end with one all-embracing one? Because essentially all the mitzvot are one. This is like a multifaceted diamond. It's one diamond. Every side you look at it, at it from, there's another color of light and there's another, another level of depth that looks different. Those are the mitzvot. Each one is a different facet, but they're all different facets of the same diamond. There's one diamond, as the Gemara says in, in Makos, Habakuk said there's really only one mitzvah. But tzaddik be'emunato yichyeh. A tzaddik lives by his faith. That's the Torah. Everything else are facets. And so the, the, we end off the klalot, and the, the Gemara learns, by the way, that it's not just these 11 klalot. All the mitzvot in the Torah were given at, uh, with those curses and brachot. Everyone, the question is why these were chosen, and we'll see in a moment why these 11 are specified. But it was the whole Torah was given so that we should know the, the whole Torah. But the whole Torah is founded on one principle, tzaddik live your life based on faith. That's how you live your life. That's what the Torah is. And everything else are different facets of that one mitzvah. And that's why it ends off with a general principle that covers all of the Torah. But the Akedas Yitzchak, the Akedas Yitzchak was in the time of the Abarbanel. He was in Spain during the time of the expulsion, the 15th century. Um, and, and he writes on the, you give all these drashot on the, on the Chumash are amazing. And he gives a different angle to this statement at the end of Arur giving the general, after giving all the specifics, now why a general, all-encompassing principle of Torah, says the Akedah. Because there are people who use the Torah as a kisui chata'a l'ramot b'nei adam sh'yachshvun ba'alei Torah v'anshei ma'aseh. Some people, yes, as we've said, we're all a little frumer when other people are watching us. That's okay. There's a difference between our image, our public image, and who we are. There's always a little gap. That's okay. But when the image becomes a facade that masks who we really are, and really we are corrupt people, and we dress this way, and we present ourselves as religious people, but inherently we're corrupt, and we know how often that happens, not only in our faith, in other faiths too, that people use their, their religious cloth as a, as a, to, to mask who they really are. And we've had tragedies within the Jewish people as, as well recently of, of people who have the image of being amazingly wonderful uh, from people and do terrible things in private. And when it emerges, we're also disappointed. That's what this is talking about. And so he says, the Akeda explains, 
ארור אשר לא יקים את דברי התורה הזאת לעשות אותם. Cursed be anybody who keeps the מצוות of the Torah for reasons other than לעשות אותם, than keeping the Torah. That there's another calculation in your mind. And he says an amazing thing, the Akedah says, that everybody should know and hear. ומעתה היושב אינו מקיים את דברי התורה מהתרשלות ורפיון כוח. An individual, he doesn't keep the Torah because he doesn't want to, because he doesn't care about it, because he doesn't have the energy and self-discipline for it. He's not cursed. A person who doesn't keep Shabbos, a person who eats Chazer, a person who doesn't keep any of the mitzvot, he eats Chazer on Yom Kippur while he's driving. Not cursed. There's no, that's not Arur. And then you'll say, why does that person have a good life? He has a good life because he's not cursed. אבל עומד בארור החנף ומרע שעושה אותה עטרת להתקדל בה. Who is cursed is the person who uses the Torah as a public image to hide who he is, the corruption of the individual that he is inside. That's the real arur, that's the curse. And if you look at all of these curses, the 11 curses, they're all things we do in private. And that's what the Torah's cursing explains the Akedah. When, when a person uses his public image to, to mask his personal corruption, that's the Arur. That's what the Arur is. The only reason to do the Torah is la sototam. I keep the Torah because I'm keeping the Torah, because it's Hashem's Torah. That's why there's no other calculation. I'm not doing it as an image thing. I'm doing it as, as, as la sototam, and that's why we come... To, to the end at that particular area. So the four, the four facets of Lilamid, Lishma, Velasoth, four facets, each one has an Arur and each one has a Baruch. And at the end, they're all brought down to one underpinning principle of Tzadik Be'emunato Yichyeh. And the essence of the curse is for people who keep the Torah not to live by their faith, but to try and present an image of holiness that masks a real... identity of corruption. Those are the people who are cursed. And on the other hand, Lahavdil, the people who do it for its own sake, and that's, that's who they are, are the people who are blessed in what they do. Thank you.